Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another brand new episode. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown, joined by my OG right-hand man, Tyler Raymond, on the other side of the mic. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter. Our main podcast account is at the WDD Podcast to stay up to date with everything happening on this pod. You can follow myself at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow Tyler at Raymond Tyler M. That'll keep you up to date with everything, including some changes, because right now we are recording this episode on Friday afternoon, Friday evening, if you're in uh, the Eastern time zone. And uh, the Friday injury report has not fully come out yet. We do have some some updates we'll get to in a minute, but uh, if we miss anything between now and the game on Sunday, we'll update you for that on our Twitter account. So be sure to follow everything there. Of course, this episode, uh, we are here to break down, analyze, and preview everything that's going to be going on Sunday in Seattle as the Saints take on the Seahawks. First game of the year without Drew Brees starting at quarterback. It's going to be the Teddy Bridgewater, also possibly Taysom Hill show. Uh, We'll get to that in a little bit later. But uh, this is a really important game so early in the season, and if the Saints get out to a good start during this uh, short period of time without uh, the number one starting quarterback, uh, it will provide great momentum for the team to keep the record afloat as they wait for Brees to make his return. Um, Tyler, man, a little bit nervous. Of course, now the Saints are playing about three hours ahead of me. Uh, You know that feeling, of course, because the Saints played in Buffalo a couple years ago. When you went to the game, unfortunately, I wasn't able able to go to the game this year, maybe, hopefully next year. But anyway, you know about the Saints playing close by. Uh, This is a team in the Saints who played in L.A. last week and didn't even go home to New Orleans. They they stayed up and practiced near the, the University of Washington campus. Add that on to the injury of Drew Brees, Keith Kirkwood being placed on IR, uh, as well as Alex Anzalone. We talked about that last episode. Um, and, and Tyler, you just did a whole episode breaking down what to expect kind of with Teddy Bridgewater and the injury to Drew Brees. But what do you think the mindset of this team is going into this game knowing that they're without their number one franchise Hall of Fame quarterback? They're dealing with a couple more injuries. They're coming off a, a fairly embarrassing loss. Granted, it was due to the injuries, but you know it was a pretty bad road loss. And now they're not even able to go home uh, and see their families before they play yet again another tough NFC West team up there in Seattle. What's the mindset of this team? Because to me, I would be uh, I would be pretty stressed if I'm a Saints player right now. But but I'd also be ready to to get going on Sunday. What, what are yeah. your thoughts around what's been going on? <laughs> Well, thank goodness I'm not a Saints player, man, because I might be stressing. Um, uh, the mindset, I think if you, like, I think me personally, like, if I was in the footsteps of uh, the shoes of the Saints players, I think it's like you got to start fast. Uh, we were just talking before the podcast started. Teddy Bridgewater had a, co- uh, a quote that you had to put the pedal to the metal, foot, you know, foot on the gas. They've got to start fast. They've got to start hot. And it's funny, like, you know, the way things have really turned for the Saints I didn't expect it to happen, right? But there are some things that are pleasant that are a pleasant surprise. Like if you look up any stats right now on the Saints defensive line, mm-hmm. it's absurd what they're projected right now. Yeah. Trey Hendrickson, uh, Marcus Davenport, Cameron Jordan are beasts right now. So I, I would start fast with the offense, uh, get into a, a steady rhythm, and with the defensive line specifically, but they'll let the defense take over because right now we're we're doing really well. Uh, with certain parts, certain aspects of this defense. So I would let the defense take over. Uh, hopefully no mistakes from Teddy uh, and or Taysom. We don't know who, who will mm-hmm. specifically be starting the most uh, Sunday. But um, 
Yeah. Just do things right. Yeah, 100%. Do your job, do things right. And yeah, Sean Payton did hint at. Uh, he let a reporter, I believe it was Rod Walker from, from NOLA.com, let him know um, or, or, or told him, um, you're assuming Taysom Hill is the number two guy going into the game. Now, yeah. I do think Taysom Hill obviously is going to be the backup quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater is going to start. But I think he's mainly hinting at there's a possibility Taysom Hill is going to play a lot more than he already does, and there's chances that he's going to play a lot of quarterback. And there's also, the, of course, open-door possibility that uh, he could, if he outperforms Teddy Bridgewater one or the other, he could become the the number one guy. So I thought that that was interesting, and it's going to make for a lot of storylines for this game. Uh, we already covered the kind of the main one, uh, or Tyler did in the last episode. Guys, be sure to check that out. He goes over the Drew Brees injury, Teddy Bridgewater um, being the starting quarterback, what to expect with that, and, and kind of how Bridgewater performed um, against the Rams on Sunday, which we covered in our episode on Wednesday going over the loss that we suffered in yeah. Los Angeles. But um, let's go into uh, this game, the everything surrounding it. Um, first off, I want to actually go over the head-to-head history of these teams. So the last time these guys played was back in 2016, uh, where the Saints actually came away with a win. It was October 30th, 25-20 to home win against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and before that, the uh, two games that these teams had played were both big wins for the Seahawks, um, and they were both in the same season, uh, actually less than one month apart. Uh, December 2nd, 2013, the Seahawks, who uh, they, they eventually won the uh, Super Bowl that season. Um, or, sorry, excuse me. Uh, this was the year after they had won the Super Bowl. They go on to lose to the Patriots in the Super Bowl this year. Uh, but they go on to beat the Saints 34-7 to in that regular season game. And then the Saints almost make somewhat of a comeback against the Seahawks after they had been shut down all night um, on the January 11th, 2014 wild card. Uh, or, sorry, it was the divisional playoff matchup. Uh, and it was 23-15 to win by the Seahawks. Um, now, before then... Uh, the two games the the teams played were also both in the same season, this time less than two months apart. Um, November 21st, 2010, uh, the season the Saints are the season after the Saints had won the Super Bowl, um, the Saints won 34 to 19. And then in the NFC Wild Card game, the Saints end up winning or Saints end up losing to the Seahawks 41 to 36, and that was the infamous beast mode beast quake game or marshawn lynch you know what happens breaks all those tackles and and makes yeah don't Um, remind me exactly i know i don't don't want to talk about it either um the very first meeting between these two teams is all the way back on november 21st 1976 where the saints beat the seahawks 51 to 27 uh all-time record the seahawks lead eight to seven uh so pretty uh for for being two different uh, uh division teams uh, somewhat of a storied history throughout the past couple of uh, seasons um, or past couple of decades for these guys. So so pretty interesting that they get to renew this for the first time in three years. Uh, it's not really a rivalry, but two good teams consistently, two really, really great head coaches. Um, I think that there's a lot to be, to be talked about here. Um, and then so for the Seahawks injury report and the Saints injury report, I want to go over that real quick. The Seahawks have a lot more players on their injury report uh, than the Saints do. Uh, he, he, here's all of the injury report for the Saints. And again, this does not include Friday. Friday has not come out yet. When it does, we'll, we'll let you know on Twitter. Uh, of course, Drew Brees is going to be out. He did not participate or practice Wednesday or Thursday. Same with Traquan Smith. He's got an ankle injury. Now, with the team already putting Keith Kirkwood onto IR, 
Sounds like Traquan Smith is probably not going to be a go, and if he is a go on Sunday, he's going to be very limited. So it's Austin Carr time. Lil Jordan Humphrey is boosted to the active roster now. Very exciting news. Um, I think we're going to see a lot out of him. Um, all of these other guys, all these other four guys, were limited practice both Wednesday and Thursday, so most likely they're going to be good to go on Sunday, barring any other setbacks. Ted Ginn Jr., Zach Lyon, Andres Pete, and... I don't think he's going to play Sunday, but it's great to see Sheldon Rankins out there for the first time after tearing his Achilles back in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, now, there's no such thing as uh, they eliminated doubtful. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's no such thing as, as doubtful anymore um, in the NFL. It's either you're, you're questionable, um, you're probable, or you're out. Um, there, there, there's no, so I don't know if, if, if Rankins is considered doubtful. I still think he's probably week to week at this point, but... We'll see. Now, the Seahawks um, list is much longer, but they also only have two guys who did not participate or did not practice both days, um, and that was uh, offensive lineman Ethan Pochich and cornerback Nico Thorpe. Uh, both of them did not practice both Wednesday and Thursday. Tedrick Thompson, their free safety, he did not participate on Wednesday, but he w- did have a limited practice on Thursday, including starting tackle, or sorry, for them starting guard DJ Fluker. Did not participate Wednesday, but was limited on Thursday. Um, these next four guys all had limited participation Wednesday, but it looks like they either had full practice um, or we're just not sure yet. Uh, Dwayne Brown, Jadavion Clowney, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, uh, and KJ Wright. Uh, all of those guys had limited practice Wednesday, but it looks like they were fine on Thursday. Jerron Brown, their wide receiver, back wide receiver, dealing with the toe injury, limited practice both days. Um, and other than that, other guys showing up on the injury report who, who, who knows if they'll go. Some of these guys had full practice. Some of the guys had a limited practice. Mike Ayupati, their starting guard. Quentin Jefferson, defensive tackle. David Moore, Puna Ford, Joey Hunt, Ziggy Anza, who the Saints almost signed this offseason, and Trey Flowers, their cornerback. So all of those guys, that's a pretty long list. Sounds like most of these guys are going to be good to go on Sunday. And the guys who won't be good to go sound like they're going to be backups, if anything. Now, the update we have to that is um, Rashad Penny, they're backup running back, but of course the Seahawks do running back by committee. So Penny usually gets just as many looks as Chris Carson most nights. Uh, he aggravated his hamstring during walkthrough today, uh, is what actually Tyler was just telling me before the show. I yeah. have no idea. Tyler found it on Twitter. Um, and it, it did it say he's going to be out, um, or did it or did it just say he aggravated his hamstring during during walkthroughs and he's now going to be on the injury report? question for me is like how do you even aggravate your hamstring in a walkthrough (laughs) but um it just says he's questionable for sunday okay questionable for Sunday. if he doesn't play they'll probably be giving the other running back more touches Mm -hmm. and yeah it should be interesting they'll definitely be giving chris carson more touches and then their backup is uh, cj pro size or i guess i should say their third string so if he's not going to go he would be their second running back there uh so for the saints um Less guys on the injury report, but of course, pretty significant. Drew Brees being out. Traquan Smith, unfortunately, with Keith Kirkwood going on IR, this wide receiver core was already mediocre. Tegan Jr., the other starting wide receiver, he's got limited practice. He was also pretty much a ghost on Sunday and was dealing with an illness last week. So our wide receiver core is is not really a core at this point, right? It's 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 Michael yeah. Thomas and a bunch of guys who are consistent some weeks, right? Um, it's kind of frustrating at this point. It's actually really annoying more than anything, um, but that's football. That's life. You got to get over it. Now, Teddy B, uh, who we'll get to in just a second. By the way, for momentum in this game, uh, the Seahawks are coming off a really impressive win against Pittsburgh, which was their first against the team since 08. 
And the Saints are coming off a really messy loss in L.A., their third loss against the Rams in the last two seasons. So momentum's different for these teams. You argue Seahawks uh, definitely have more momentum. Saints have less. Seahawks are at home. So Teddy B and those guys are really going to have to get things going. And that's what I want to dive into first. I know you you just had your whole episode on it, Tyler. Um, So let's just address the elephant in the room. This is the first full game the Saints will have without Breeze this season and for the first time since 2015. That means with a fairly consistent offensive line and, of course, the crapshoot at wide receiver I was just talking about behind Michael Thomas, in my opinion, the two players who, who the obvious two players who are going to need to step up the most for the Saints to have a chance at winning this game, interim starter Teddy Bridgewater and superstar running back Alvin Kamara. Now, Tyler, I, there are also some other guys that you brought up before the show mm-hmm. that you made a really good point, one being Jared Cook. Um, talk about, first off, Jared Cook, seven targets on Sunday, only two catches, including two or three drops. He, no doubt, needs to step it up. But... For, for Teddy Bridgewater, uh, what will he have to do to keep this offense at least afloat? Mm-hmm. He's going to need to be efficient, obviously. Is he going to need to make a lot of out-of-the-pocket plays? Um, what, what What is he going to have to do to keep this? Because if he's just you know somewhat efficient like he was on Sunday, that's not going to move the chains for the Saints in a way that we need to against the Seahawks defense. Which, by the way, um, let me see. Seahawks defense is actually pretty good. I'm going to look it up while you're talking, but okay. the Seahawks defense, passing defense, is, is not is not bad at all. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be tested a little bit, and of course they have that pass rush with uh, Jadavion Clowney and D. Ford. So, my, yeah, my question to you is, what will Teddy B have to do to to, to keep yeah. this offense afloat? It's going to be it's going to be really tough. Well, I'm glad you asked, man. So first off, uh, this practically uh, emulates, you know, goes ties right into. Last episode, if you guys haven't already heard it, make sure to check it out. I went a lot more in-depth about Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Taysom Hill, what they can do to be the band-aid for Drew Brees for this offense while they while we wait for the Hall of Famer to come back. So, But uh, actually, I want to use some information while I was uh, speaking on that episode uh, to just help tie in everything together. So a uh, huge shout-out uh, to my dude on uh, Twitter timeline. Chris Ross Baglu, mm-hmm. uh, you can follow him at the Ross Baglu Report uh, at Twitter. He actually spent a few hours watching film on Teddy back when he played for Minnesota. He actually spoke in this prior episode how uh, Teddy found success with Minnesota. Sure, most of that gets overlooked because of the injury he suffered, that gruesome injury. But he, if he can find success in Minnesota, mm-hmm. he can definitely, with Sean Payton, find success in New Orleans. So... Let me get back to what uh, Chris was saying. Here's what he did really well in Minnesota. Um, shallow crosses, fade routes toward the corner of the end zone, you know, if we're uh, in the red zone, for example, play-action bootlegs, throwing off uh, the secondary pump fakes, and, of course, uh, people, what he's most known for, too. Teddy Bridgewater is a lot more elusive and active as a different-style quarterback compared to Drew Brees, where if he's not so cautious and he's not so... Uh, 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 yeah, exactly. Cautious about it and, and play safe. If he actually decides to really like, turn things up a bit, he could easily run for a first down. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has that athleticism and capability to make this offense roll, not only through his arm, but when needed through his legs. So, and not to mention, too, I mentioned this in the prior episode. If Sean Payton can get backup Luke McCown, uh, 32 of 39 with over 300 yards and an interception at the end of the game that was almost a touchdown. 
freaking Brandon Cooks, but um, mm-hmm. he he can definitely get Teddy Bridgewater to play great. So with that being said, though, uh, Taysom Hill too. Uh, while I'm on the quarterback train for a minute. Oh no, oh no! Can't hear you, Tyler. Hopefully, Tyler didn't cut out or anything. Um, I, I I actually think he's trying to call me back. Nope, not sure. Um, anyway, hopefully Tyler will jump back on in just a second. But Tyler brings up really, really good points with Bridgewater. Of course, more elusive than Breeze. And the timeline for Bridgewater's career is is, is really, really interesting. Uh, because he starts out in Minnesota. Can you hear me, Tyler? Hey, can you hear me? Back here. I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Is my microphone plugged in? I don't know what happened. Uh, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Go ahead and continue on with what you were saying. That was weird. Go on, though. Go on. Okay, so basically, you said earlier, uh, I apologize for that whole, I don't even know what happened. I'm I'm not sure either. I didn't get any notification of any mess up. So no, you're all good. You're all good. Okay. So you said the word need. What does Teddy Bridgewater need to do to get this offense rolling? Uh, Sean Payton alluded to it earlier where he might not even be seeing all the first team snaps. We have the switch knife, uh, whatever the word is. We have the ultimate backup quarterback and Taysom Hill, who literally does everything. So if he can take pressure off of Teddy Bridgewater too, in that sense with maybe running run pass options, uh, the wildcat, certain things like that. Not only will Taysom Hill be helping Teddy Bridgewater, you've got, you mentioned superstar Alvin Kamara. But you've got superstar who's a millionaire now, Michael Thomas, too. So if Teddy Bridgewater can just find or even Taysom Hill, it doesn't need to be uh, one of them or the other. It could be both. If they could just find the simple completions, doesn't need to be fancy, the simple reps like Kamara or Thomas. Just feed those horses, man. And, of course, we've got the other guys that need to step up. Back up receivers, Latavius Murray, for example, Jerry Cook. But I'm right with you, man. Like, we need, like... They say it all the time in football, when you've got the best playmakers on the field, you better you better use them. You know, yes. the, the Rams did, for example, last week with Aaron Donald. The Saints can this week with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. So, yep. yeah, those are the two guys who are going to need to carry the workload there for the Saints, just because they are the best, most talented guys, and that's what you need to you know surround a quarterback who's just kind of being thrown into a situation. Even though Bridgewater's been with the team for over a full season under his belt. We still are not too sure about his his ability without you know somewhat decent help around him in this offense. Yeah. Now, uh, I, I liked how you mentioned the coaching staff and how much they're going to need to help uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I, I I feel like a lot of the play calling uh, is going to be changed up to benefit oh, Bridgewater. Sure. So and that has to do with Pete Carmichael and of course Sean Payton there. So I have confidence in that. Um, and I do I do have a lot of confidence in Teddy Bridgewater. I just I. I wish he just threw more on instinct than trying to be. And I understand why he doesn't, because he doesn't want to throw errant passes. He doesn't doesn't turn the ball over very often, and and that's good. He's efficient, um, and and he's really good at those intermediate routes, like you were saying. Also, the word you're looking for for Taysom Hill, Swiss Army Knife. He's the ultimate Swiss Army Knife. He can do just about anything. But for Bridgewater... If he acted on his instinct a lot more, and by instinct, I don't just mean, you know, throwing the ball to the first open receiver that you see. Instincts for quarterbacks, once you start to develop them correctly, that is throwing on time with breaking routes with your receivers. 
that is getting the chemistry right with you right with yeah. your receivers throwing so that, people open exactly like throwing people open you understand where those windows are going to be and i feel like bridgewater waits too long for windows to open yeah he does um and 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 by the way on the stats I, I got the Seahawks' pass defense and rush defense mixed up. The Seahawks' rush defense is phenomenal. They're fourth in the league. Their pass wow. defense is seventh worst, but only about 30 yards separate them and the Saints' pass defense, who ranks 17th in the league. So okay. it's not like the Seahawks' pass defense is totally atrocious, but it is it's towards the bottom two. of the league. Okay. But their their rush defense is is, is extremely, extremely impressive. Um yeah, they're, they're fourth in the league, sacrificing just 58 rush yards per game. Wow. Uh, the Saints' rush attack is 17th in the league with over 102 yards per game. Um, and then that, of course, brings us into both Kamara and Latavius Murray, the backup running back. Now, Kamara, um, I feel like a lot of screens and swing routes are going to be set up for him to, to kind of boost the confidence a little bit of Teddy Bridgewater. Get separation, yeah. Yeah, get separation and also Bridgewater, you know, any completion is good for a quarterback's mindset. So a couple easy completions here and there where Kamara has the possibility of picking up extra yards to then benefit the team on top of that. I think that's a really smart move uh, both early on and just throughout the entire game. Uh, Latavius Murray, we're going to need to see a lot out of him. And that includes being a really good third down back and blocking, be, giving good protection to Bridgewater there, because there's going to be a lot of shotgun um, action there for the Saints with Bridgewater. And when and when Kamara needs to take a break again, Kamara's only playing roughly what seventy percent of snaps so far this season. It's it's not like he's totally being the one hundred percent workload guy. Um, Murray is getting a lot of looks, and the Saints sometimes even go five receiver set and 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 leave Kamara and Murray on the bench. Yeah, so, I've got breaking news, by the way, for oh, you. Oh, what is the breaking news? Okay, so updated injury report. Luke Johnson on Twitter, uh, at by Luke Johnson. Yeah. Check him out. Uh, for the Saints, they listed Drew Brees, Traquan Smith, and Sheldon Rankins out for okay. Sunday's game against Seattle. Wow. For Seahawks, uh, their center, Ethan Pokick with the neck. Yeah. And cornerback Nico Thorpe, hamstring, are doubtful. Okay. And their starting cornerback, Trey Flowers, ankle. And safety, Tedrick Thompson, hamstring are questionable. Okay. So, yeah, both of the guys who did not participate both days for the Seahawks seem to be out. Traquan Smith and Rankins are officially out now. I figured that with both of them, uh, even though Rankins had started practicing. Peyton wants at least one full week of practice under the belt of Rankins for him to actually play in the game, let alone start. Uh, so those guys are going to be out. Unfortunate to see Traquan Smith out. Sounds like Ted Ginn Jr. is going to be good to go, though. We're going to need him to stretch the, the field. And speaking of stretching sure. the field... Alvin Kamara, put him in the slot. Put him in some seams. We're going to need him to play more more wide receiver this week. Um, and, yeah. and the next un, until we figure out this mess, Kamara, line him up on receiver more. He can create mismatches. He he runs great routes. He's one of the best route running running backs in the entire NFL. Uh, and and I'm looking for him. I'm looking for him to get more of a workload um, on offense. Kamara, I think he's going to be the key to this game. If he has an Alvin Kamara game, we have such a good shot at winning this. And Teddy Bridgewater's outlook on this team and this offense will just go up. Uh, yeah. Because of that, if he sees Kamara balling out, it's just going to feed off of him and the rest of the team. So that's what we need. Um, Cook definitely needs to step up. That offensive line, um, yeah, going to need to uh, – giving up double-digit quarterback pressures and uh, eight knockdowns last week in the game was not good, even though they only gave up two sacks. Uh, a lot of those knockdowns and hits are going to turn into sacks against this Seahawks defense that has uh, a really nice front seven, including – the highest paid linebacker ever uh kj Wright or uh bobby wagner there on the inside yeah. kj Wright also is, is is one of their best linebackers ever in the history of that team 
and he's still playing really good on that team. So, um, yeah, this defense is no joke. Anything else you want to say on the offense for uh, anybody else you think needs to step up a little mm. bit? I think, I mean, not so much people step up, but I think it, it makes the game plan a lot more easier. If you limit the things the Saints can do wrong, like, tell me how many times you can count on your hand when throwing to Michael Thomas or getting into Alvin Kamara was a bad idea. Mm. Not many. So, if Teddy just throws it to who Drew already knows is his go-to guys, uh, unless somehow that Seattle has like, uh, like, uh, ultra instinct. Um, uh, DBZ fans, uh, shout out to you. But um, if they somehow you know can like anticipate everything that's going to Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara, which I highly doubt. I mean, they might be able to blow up a couple of plays, but other than that, like, I would just throw it to. Uh, I mean, throw it to Alvin Kamara or. Michael Thomas, or get it to Taysom Hill. I mean, not many wrong options there. So, okay, yeah, I, I 100%. I agree. Kamara, I think is 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 going to be the key on offense here. Uh, going to the defensive side of the ball, uh, the Saints need their secondary, including standout cornerback Marshawn Lattimore, to step up against Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf. Also, I agree. Will, will Disley isn't a isn't a slump of a um, tight end too. He's been balling out. Uh, Seahawks are only twenty second in the league in pass yards per game, but they're fourteenth in rush yards with over one hundred and eleven. Uh, and that's of course with the duo of Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. But Penny is going to be out. Or sorry, Penny is questionable for the game. Uh, sounds like he could be out. Sounds like he could be limited at the very least. Um, and the Saints defense ranks seventeenth in pass coverage, giving up two hundred and fifty passing yards per game. And the rush defense that was so dominant last year, sixth worst in the league, giving up over 147 yards per game. Now, that's going up against Houston and Deshaun Watson and and Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde, and that's going up against Los Angeles against Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown. Still, And that's without Sheldon Rankins for both of these games, David Onyemata, absent week one. That's still no excuse for that. I mean, mean, over 147 yards a game. Yeah. that's, that's, That's too much. Lower, even even for everything that's been thrown at the Saints. So even though they've done great up front getting pressure and sacks, um, the rush defense has been bad, <laughs> and the um, pass defense has been just, just mediocre, which is what we come to expect. But with Lattimore being the star that he is, faltering a little bit last week, Eli Apple still not really coming into the type of cornerback the Saints need to be at that number two spot. P.J. Williams continues to get beat. Marcus Williams is iffy, uh, inconsistent. That that number could start trending down b- 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 if they don't step it up soon, and that's already to pair with a, a fairly bad rush defense. So that's what concerns me the most is this 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 poor rush defense going up against one of the best rushing teams, not only in terms of just yardage and amount that they run, but they run very, very intelligent running plays that get their running backs open holes both on the inside and the outside of the offense. So Mm -hmm. we know the defense can get pressure in sacks, but which group will need to step up the most in this game, Tyler? Secondary going up against Wilson and his talented receiving core, or the run defense that has been lit up in 2019 so far. It seems to be somewhat on the rise, but they're going up against one of the better rushing teams in the league. To you, in your opinion, which core, or unless it's the linebacking core, which core here needs to step up the most to you? Well, I think like the most underrated core that I think actually is going to play the biggest the biggest part in winning this game for us. Think about Dan. What like what's been the key to stopping the Seahawks every time we've played that Marshall uh Marshall Lynch wasn't there? 
keeping uh, Russell Wilson con- contained. Right, right. So outside of the defensive line, if you've got elusive linebackers, especially now with Kiko playing instead of Alex Anzalone, you've got to have uh, Craig Robertson on – I forget his name. Uh, DeMario Davis. There we go. Yeah. Um, DeMario Davis, A.J. Klein, Kiko Alonso. You've got to have those guys making plays for you, plugging the holes. So Russell Wilson has nowhere to go. And that way he has to beat you with his arm. If the secondary holds its own, it doesn't give up five, ten huge chunk plays like the Rams did against us, um, we should be fine. I think I, I think obviously the biggest part in us winning is gonna be the secondary holding it down. But I think a really underrated part of this defense that that can really help change the tides for us in this game is gonna be the linebackers, especially now with us for the first time seeing how Kiko Alonso does uh, for the Saints, you know, on defense. And let's yeah. hope he doesn't get um, knock on wood somewhere. Um, let's hope he doesn't get burnt like toast in uh, pass coverage. Mm. So, yeah, we'll see how often he does actually participate in that. But with Alex Anzalone, and by the way, Anzalone got put on IR. Apparently, yeah, he had he surgery. Had, he had surgery that was more extensive than they were thinking. So he's probably going to be out for the entire season at this point. So it is Kiko Alonso Dang. time. Rip. Um, and also for Alonzo, he wouldn't be a bad idea to put as a QB spy every once in a while. I think that that would be uh, smart for the Saints to do to help try to contain Wilson, like you were mentioning. Um, to me, um, I actually I, I don't disagree. I agree with what you said, but yeah. uh, to me, the who needs to step up the most it is the rush defense. It is Davenport. And I understand he's being double and triple teamed a lot, but that still that doesn't mean you can't plug up holes, run holes. Same with Cam Jordan. That doesn't mean you. You, you you have to break your discipline and, and, and you know, give up some outside runs and, mm. and not fill your gap. These defensive guys need to fill their gaps and they need to uh, yeah. understand and flow better to the ball. That's re- it's, it's, ju- it's just a few fundamentals that the Saints need to kind of get over this hump. We've got Anyamata back now, too. Yes. And Rankin should be coming back really soon. So that should definitely help. No, it'll help, but like, I, didn't, I yeah. wasn't impressed by Onyamata last week. Including the penalty uh, he actually that he did had. really well, uh, well the, compared to PFF grades. Oh, okay, okay. Watching him on tape, I, I wasn't too impressed, including the penalty that he had. But again, it was his first game back, and I'm sure he had a decent PFF grade. But that is that, that's still the the defensive uh, uh, the rush defense was just has not been good the past two weeks. Um, and now they're going up against an even better. Rush, I think it'll rush get team. better with time, though. You gotta have faith. No, and I, I think too. That's not what I'm saying, though. I'm talking about yeah, for yeah. this week specifically. Yeah, for sure, I think, you know, and I think it all depends on, you know, who they rotate in, you know, because, like, the defensive line, unlike the offensive line. And Starworth got cut, too. Yeah, there's always people, there's always people, you know, like, fluctuating, there's always people moving in and out, of course, you have different packages, you've got, like, different scenarios, third and long, third and short, I think you would kill this, too, not many people are talking about it. Most of the runs the Rams really got on us. If you look at the stats, you think they just beat us up and down through the middle, but they didn't. Most of the runs the Rams only were really successful on us were screens mm. because not not a lot of our team is very fast. You get to the outside, if you have a few blockers there, you could get 20, 30 yards. So I think, yeah. I think on the outside, in my opinion, more we have to cover that better than inside because we've got uh, not to uh, disagree with you. We do need to improve, but we've got some big, beefy guys up there in the middle. So, what are they doing, though? <laughs> let's hope they're not getting put they're on the They're giving up over skates. 147 rushing yards per game. Last year, last year we gave up less than 87 yeah. per game. 
and, well, and, I guess and, we'll and, and I understand Rankins is gone. Other than that, this defensive line really has not changed that much. Um, it's gotten and, better and, with Malcolm Brown. They, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gotten better. And I, I love Malcolm Brown's game. Mario Edwards Jr. is playing a little bit more now that he's a little healthy. Um, I like it, but they still need to step up, especially for this game. And again, if you think if you think Houston's rushing attack is good is good because they lit up the Saints, they looked atrocious against uh, Jacksonville in Week Two. They did not look good. The Rams were able to run the ball great against both Carolina and um, the uh, and the and the Saints in Week Two, of course. Um, but the uh, Panthers are also just one spot. Um, ahead of the Saints in terms of rush defense, so their rush defense is not that that good either. Um, so it's not yeah. exactly the Rams doing so much work themselves. It's the Panthers' rush defense and the Saints' rush defense just has not looked that good uh, so far this season. And I and going against the Seahawks, who specialize in that, um, we could be down fourteen to zero before midway through the first quarter if if we're not careful because. You just can't mess around with a team like uh, with Russell Wilson and, and the way that they're able to run the ball. And, yeah, I do agree with you, the outside, and that's why I mentioned Davenport and Cam Jordan. Just because these guys are getting double and triple team does not mean you still can't fill your gap. You still get to your yeah. gap. You can still, you know, play discipline and, and fill in your space. Because if you force them inside, that's 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 your goal. Outside contain, force them inside to the bigger, beefier guys. Um, yeah, we'll see. Definitely room for improvement on both levels of this defense and we'll see what the saints end up doing on sunday anything else you want to talk about defense before we get into x factors um, anything else you we forgot to mention um i mean obviously i've for, got some stats but that kind of leads into my x yeah. factors though okay so. well we'll go into x factors of course von bell also is going to be a pretty important part there because saints may load up a box a lot for um uh you know eight man box to kind of counteract some of the rush attack by the Seahawks um so that'll be something to look out for I, th- I think Von Bell is gonna be important to look out for but let's go into x factors uh each of us wrote down three x factors uh we'll go one at a time Tyler give me give me one of your x factors okay so and, and, well it's more or less stats so for me it wasn't so when you think of an x factor you think of almost like an MVP someone that steps up or something that steps up that really changes the game right so I, I think in years past for the defense it's been good uh, it's had points where, of course, it's been blown. It's had points where it, it saved the, uh, the day for the uh, for the team. It's had points where it stepped up where the offense hasn't. But I think in this case, the Saints defense, defensive line is my X factor just because of at the rate they're playing right now. If they could step up to this level every single game, you can expect less from the offense or at least a minimal from the offense just because of what the defense is producing. So just a few different stats I've got. Uh, one, the first one's for Davenport, just because uh, I know some people don't always show love to the big guy, and I like him a lot. So one tweet I found, most pressures this season per PFF, you had 15, a few players had 15, a few players had 11, but with 10, Marcus Davenport has 10 pressures already through two weeks. The next stat, Jeff Duncan uh, on Twitter that reps the Saints, he said, need, need some positive news, Saints fans? Entering week three, the Saints lead the NFL in sacks with nine, and sacks per pass attempt with 15.52%. When Sheldon Rankins returns, this DL could form the club's most formidable pass rush since 2000 when the Saints led the NFL with a team record 66 sacks. And the last one, uh, here's uh, per PFF again, here's a team grading through the first two weeks. Seattle, run blocking 58.3, so not great. 
pass blocking even worse, 43 New Orleans. The run defense, 63.6. So not not great, but not bad. And the pass defense, 82.2. The Saints should have a big advantage over the Seahawks' offensive line. Hendrickson and Davenport can really keep their momentum, momentum going here. One last one. Defenses that have produced a sack slash quarterback hit on the highest percentage of opponents' dropbacks through two weeks, the Saints are first. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, our pass uh, rush is monster. Were those all your X factors then? Yeah, the yeah. the defensive line. If they're if they're if they're a monster this week, man, it's really gonna turn the tides in our favor. Okay, so, so scratch what I said before, guys. We're not doing three three X factors each. Tyler did Tyler did one X factor, three tweets. Uh, I'll do, but that is such an important X factor because yeah, this pass rush of the Saints defense has been phenomenal this year. And I mentioned before the season started, I said. At first, I said bold prediction we could finish top five in sacks, but we already did that last year. I said that we could lead the league in sacks, especially when Mike comes back. And, yeah, we might again. So nine sacks through two weeks, fifteen over 15% of dropbacks result in sacks. It's really impressive. For me, my three X factors. Number one, guy really has not been talked about, and a guy who will need to step up uh, for this receiving core, Deontay Harris. Um, but I'm looking at him because a special teams touchdown, which he very much could generate, will give this team a huge spark that it needs i would love to see harris return a punt or a kickoff for a touchdown and and of course fill in some of the points that might be left off the board because it's bridgewater and at quarterback instead of breeze running the offense so i think deontay harris scoring a touchdown would be great or even getting us really nice field position that can lead to points would be nice demario davis yeah. is my other x factor but demario davis in pass coverage we know how great he can be both stopping the run and the pass, but this week he's going up against both Will Disley and he's going to be covering a lot of Chris Carson, and they've proven really important to the pass game for Seattle. Not only important, but they made some big plays. Will Disley had two touchdowns last week. So uh, will Davis be able to shut them down with his coverage skills? We're going to have to see that on Sunday. I think that's something to look out for, and of course we've talked about this linebacking core being consistent and, and, and good throughout this year, facing some injuries, uh, DeMario Davis is going to need to step up and kind of keep Kiko Alonso to either play QB spy or the tackle machine as opposed to keeping him in coverage, which he was just atrocious at a season ago. And my final X factor here is get at least two turnovers for the Saints. They, they, they have not been able to um, get a whole lot of turnovers this season. Um, and getting a turnover against a team like the Seahawks, again, it's all about momentum for this game. When you have a quarterback in there like Teddy Bridgewater, uh, because right now the Saints are even in the turnover margin. Uh, they're right in the middle of the pack. They're they're straight at zero. Um, so they're going to need to generate some some more turnovers. Uh, it's it's two interceptions, no fumbles. They have one interception and one fumble recovery. Um, and then that is how everything is even out. So I want to see two picks against Wilson and a fumble recovery. That's what I want to see. Or I want to see two fumble recoveries and a pick against Wilson. Um, I want to see more than two turnovers. I want to see the team getting the ball back as often as possible to set this offense up. Um, and I also want the defense not being gassed out on the field. So getting stops on third down and getting turnovers to give right back to the offense are super important as well. So those are my three X factors, throw in Tyler's, um, pass rush and, and all of those great PFF. I've got a couple more. Sure. Okay. So really quick, um, on the secondary, Marcus Williams, people are really starting to get, like, on the Marcus Williams hate train. Like, oh, my gosh, we should have never drafted him. I don't think he's that bad. I think he's just having a rough patch. Hopefully, he'll be playing fine soon. So, uh, you can only expect so much of a free safety, too, by the way. Um, And Lattimore, 
Uh, just not getting burnt. I'd appreciate that. And on offense, um, let's hope we don't need to sign Des Bryant back, even though I would really appreciate it if we did, maybe. Um, uh, Austin Carr, uh, he's done some stuff. Not like We really haven't seen like one game where he's had a lot of catches or a lot of yards or a touchdown that didn't get dropped. So something like that. Or, hey, if little Jordan Humphrey gets involved, I'm all for it. But yep. at the same time, though, if, if you don't want to get them involved, Teddy or Taysom, just throw it to Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, and you should be fine. So yep, yeah, I like it exactly. Yeah, target the guys who uh, who you know are going to be doing good, and that's MT and Alvin Kamara. Um, so without further ado, wrapping up this podcast, let's get into score predictions. Now, right now, currently the game between these two teams, I'm gonna uh, pull it up right now. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the spread is. Yeah, because I mean. Seahawks are two and two and zero coming into this game. Uh, Saints are, of course, one and one coming off of a loss. Seahawks are, you know, two and zero coming off of two wins in a row. Uh, so it's not exactly evenly matched teams, uh, so to speak. Um, but both of these teams are talented, good coaches, and usually when that's the case, even if there is kind of a, a difference in record, um, the spread will still be uh, really close. And I'm trying to look it up. Let's see. Um, Here, while you do that, let me give you my score prediction. The over-under is 44.5. Oh, and and Seahawks are a four-point favorite right now. So usually a lot of the time it's like a a three-minute or um, a three-point difference if the teams are evenly matched. Uh, It looks like it's – or sorry, it's usually one and a half if the teams are evenly matched and they'll give it to the home team. Three if it's, you know, not too much better. So the Seahawks are are four-point favorites. That tells you a little bit coming in the game, but that's that's a little less than I was expecting. Uh, so with that being said, it is a four-point spread. The over-under is 44.5. Tyler, what is your score prediction? Um, 28-21 Saints win. Wow. Um, okay, so you are taking the over then. It's about 49, 49 points. Um, and you're yeah. taking the Saints not only to win, but to beat the spread. Um, what what makes you what makes you so confident in the in the Saints being able to pull off this win? Be, I I think people underestimate the value of Sean Payton. I mean, the dude freaking like we went to the Super Bowl and the dude kicked an onside kick at halftime. The dude's got big nuts lutz. So, but he's Sean Payton. So um, yeah, like I think like he's gonna be petty. Like he's gonna be one of those guys that's like I want to prove to you I don't need Drew Brees to beat you. Like we've got two of the best players in the NFL. Uh, at running back and wide receiver, we're going to use the heck out of them, and we're going to make you poop your pants because you don't know what's coming at you between Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater. So, yeah, I think the defense has, based off of some of those PFF stats I read, I think the defense, like, changes the game for the Saints. I think the defense has a monster night. Bold prediction, I think the Saints get six sacks again. Um Okay. Uh, 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 against the Seahawks, like they did Week One against the Texans. So I like it. How about you? I like it. It's possible. Um, I'm not as confident in the Saints. I'm not as confident Ooh. in Bridgewater as you are. Um, and also, the Seahawks have not scored too many points this season. They have scored both 26 and 21 points respectively in both of their wins. Uh, with that being said, I don't think this will be a high-scoring game. I also think the Seahawks will take the uh, home victory. I think the final score is going to be 24-19. to um, I think the Saints are going to kick a whole Ooh. lot of field goals and get close to somewhat scoring, but I I, I, I don't have enough confidence in watching. It's Teddy time. Come on. I don't have enough confidence in him being able to punch the ball in four times because what, what – 
how many points did, I, and I understand this was against uh he, he was just being thrown into the game but Teddy Bridgewater only was able to get us two field goals last week uh, against the Rams team, who we were getting big chunk plays against this team. We were getting first downs here and there. Always seems to happen with Bridgewater. It gets stuck. Maybe he gets into his head, gets nervous. We have to settle for field goals, and I feel like that's what's going to happen on Sunday. So, I think those, yeah, I think those 28 points in my prediction, I don't think they'll all be touchdowns. And if they are, I think. Let's see. I think if if we score twenty eight points, I think one of I think one of them at least might be like a Teddy running it, and two might be like an Alvin Kamara touchdown. Uh, you know, like running it in or catching. One might be a Mike Thomas touchdown. You never know. One could be a special teams touchdown. Last week we should have had a defensive touchdown. So mm-hmm. if people step up, you don't have to expect a lot of Teddy. And that's not. I almost feel like by the way we're talking, that's almost as if we're saying that Taysom Hill isn't going to have a huge role in this offense. Sure. We don't know what to expect because, like, Sean Payne could be throwing smoke screens. I don't even know what's going on. So Taysom Hill could be run passing option it or wildcat in it. I don't know for a touchdown. So there something's going to happen. It's going to be interesting. We'll make sure to cover it regardless next week. So Yep, absolutely, yeah. Win, lose, draw, we are going to be talking about what happened in the game. Uh, whether we like it or not, essentially. So <laughs> those are our score predictions. Tyler's predicting 28-21 Saints win. I'm predicting 24-19 Seahawks taking on uh, the home victory. So we'll see what happens Sunday again. This is Friday. Uh, sounds like all of our injury stuff is up to date, but you should still follow us on Twitter. I'll throw it to Tyler for the outro. But if there's anything else you want to say about the game, Tyler, too, now is the time. Um, and, of course, guys, if yep. you want to tell us your thoughts on the game or predictions, we'll have a pull-up with the score prediction uh just let us know tweet us uh we love the interaction so without further ado <laughs> thanks man um so yeah it's teddy time and it's Taysom time and alvin kamara michael thomas time hopefully too so yeah make sure to follow us on twitter uh at the wdd podcast for our podcast page mm-hmm. at raymond tyler m for myself and at dayton underscore brown underscore for uh dayton of course and make sure to check us out on spreaker.com and iTunes, you can even, if you don't want to check out those websites, there are other means of finding us, too. All you have to do is Google the Who Dat This Podcast. There are not, not no other podcasts titled like us, so it's going to be pretty easy to find us. So, yeah, go back to you, man. Awesome. Appreciate it, yeah. Um, it's going to be a good game no matter what. Uh, we're going to get our first full look at Teddy Bridgewater. We're going to see what this offense can do without Drew Brees, and that will give us uh, a good a good starting point for this team for the next few weeks. So, um, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week, whether the Saints win, lose, or draw in Seattle. Uh, And we thank you so much for the support. Be sure to follow us everywhere, Tyler said, and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed the podcast. And as always, who that?